Welcome to the dough, where Cash is queen and we hardly know her, but we're still here figuring her out together. Because y'all, season two is here, okay? Hosted every week by me, X Maya. Remember, I'm going to be talking to all types of people about their relationship to money. Reality stars, entrepreneurs, financial experts, and even some of my own friends. Basically, anyone who will get real with me about their dollars. How they make money, how they spend it, and how they save it. Because I'm trying to retire early, people. Season 2 of The Dough is out on March 21st, wherever you get your podcasts. Lemonada. My name is Erin Hayes, and this is Good Kids, How Not to Raise an Asshole. Really, most of the time when you walk into our house, our girls, ages 10 and 12, will be sitting on a couch reading a book, and it's truly their favorite pastime and borders on, like, obsession, which has been such a gift because they can always entertain themselves. But I have had numerous people ask me over the years how we managed to make them love reading so much, and kind of, like, unlike other skills that I am willing to take all the credit for. Like, you know, I put in time teaching them how to ride a bike. I gave a speech that was like Mighty Ducks worthy of like, you can go home and know how to ride a bike, but you got to put the time in. It's going to feel so good, but you got to ABP, always be pedaling. But I am reluctant to take all the credit for teaching them how to read because early on, Maggie, our oldest, was interested in books from like day one. I mean, as soon as she realized she was a separate human being from me and it wasn't all about boobs, she was the kid who actually sat and listened and she focused on the pages and the story and she didn't throw the book on the floor and squirm out of our arms like our second child would later do. You know, she was the kid who you didn't even know was in the room until a stack of books was dropped on your lap and these like enormous, gorgeous, pleading eyes were boring into your soul, like, read it to me. Um, So I have endless memories of just like falling asleep, reading books to her, waking myself up with the gibberish, trying to keep barreling through the book. So in that way, the credit is really all on her. But that said, I think a lot of kids are like that. Like, I think a lot of kids love a good story. Kids love a good story. So It's then our responsibility to nurture that and to encourage it, you know, to foster a love and a reverence for a good book and the quiet solitude it provides. You know, we did make some critical choices during those early years. And sadly, and in my like always annoying opinion to my friends, I think that it goes hand in hand with electronics. Um, And it starts really young, you know, because having kids is hard. You know, we all know that. No one would be listening to any parenting podcast if it was easy. We commiserate because there is so much to commiserate about, especially in the first year before kids start preschool or kindergarten. It's like this relentless onslaught of adorable tyranny. And it it's just every moment, right? And finding a moment to yourself is like this Herculean task. So it's understandable that like during a drive or in a car, in the cart at the grocery store, in the waiting room, or at lunch with a friend or like whatever activity, handing them a device and giving them your phone or a tablet provides you with the moment to breathe. You know, you can focus, you can get something done. But I guess like, what if you didn't? You know, what if you saved the electronics for really important times like like, like airplane trips? 
you know, when all family bets should be off and just give the kids whatever they goddamn want. All bets are off on an airplane. But when it's not an airplane, like, make it special. And it's a little harder and it sucks in certain moments to not, like, give in to the promise of a few moments of quiet that watching a show in the car would bring you. But, I mean, the good news is, and the the and the good news and the sad news is that it's, those years pass, you know, they they will, if you stick to it, and you'll eventually, like we do, have to put a, no, you don't get to bring a book in the car on the way to school because I want someone to talk to me. That happens if you put the work in when your kids are young. It is my belief that in order to not raise an asshole, sometimes you have to be the asshole. Like, be in charge. And really, truly, the car is like the greatest place to start. In the car, they are trapped and they have to listen to you. And, you know, or they have to talk to you. And now we kind of, um, we talk about crushes and I try to get them to t- admit that they have one. They still have yet to do that. You know, we work out difficult social interactions or I actually just shut up and listen to them. But in those early years, like we sang songs and we talked about letters. Like on the way to the park, we would say, look, what letters do you see in a sign? That's an S. What sound does S make? S, 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 you know? What other words start with S? And you just start... Like those kind of conversations. And what I've realized lately, I guess, now that my kids are more self-sufficient, that it's really easy to assume that as kids go into school, that they're being taught everything that they need. You know, that that assumption can start really early, that they'll learn to read and that they practice all the reading at school. And sure, we'll do a little bit. But I do think like at that early age, That's the most important time to just reinforce it, reinforce it, reinforce it, because that's when you can get them hooked. It's it's a lot easier to get them hooked at this early age when you make reading not an activity that's associated with schoolwork. That was what kind of clicked, I think, for my kids, because it became a leisure activity. You know, it became this fun thing that we were doing together as a family when I would be making dinner and then we have sticky notes all over the cupboards with two-letter words, and then it got to be three-letter words, and then it was words with difficult vowel sounds. And we would celebrate it when they were moving on to harder words, or we'd see how fast they could read all the words on the cupboard, you know, while you're making some rice. Like, you can go and make an afternoon of going to the library and picking out the perfect first chapter book, you know? With our kids making a big deal and getting really excited for them with each reading milestone, it just, it seemed to work. Librarians are incredible and it's free like you don't have to keep up with the technology like this is the cheaper option is to just get them engaged with books i do believe that there is a book for every child that will get them hooked if it's a graphic novel if it's just like a very simple chapter book if it's an adventure book if it's half graphic novel and half written word like there's something that is going to get them get them engaged Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. After season one aired, I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. And of course, my 90-year-old mom, Judy. All hail old women. 
Wiser Than Me Season 2 is out March 27th from Lemonada Media. People love to pretend that there are simple formulas for living your best life now. Eat this and you won't get sick. Manifest it and everything will work out. But there are some things you can choose and some things you can't. And it's okay that life isn't always getting better. I'm Kate Bowler, and on Everything Happens, I speak with kind, smart, funny people about life as it really is. Beautiful, terrible, and everything in between. Let's be human together. Everything Happens is available wherever you get your podcasts. I think raising a reader is important because it's going to help that child in every other aspect of their life. They are going to know about worlds they couldn't possibly know about, areas they couldn't possibly know about. They're going to be great spellers. They're going to have a grasp on grammar. It's going to help them in their schooling all throughout and then in life just because they'll know more. But getting back to the electronics, we did do a lot of that when they were younger, you know? Like, we watched a lot of Sesame Street when I was barely had my eyes open. And we hadn't worked out the rules, and we we hadn't figured out when it was okay to watch things and when it wasn't. And so we said, yes, sometimes. And then we said, no, other times. And we quickly realized that for our kids, like, without strict rules, they just became total little tyrants. I mean, I think at one point it got so bad in our house that my husband said he was going to rip the TV off the wall and throw it out the window. And I am pretty sure he meant it. And he is a very nice man. <laughs> like, but I, but I get it. I get why they whine and I get why they complain. They live in a world where they don't make the rules and they never know what they're going to be allowed to do if you aren't clear with the message. Like if we aren't consistent day to day with what we allow and what we don't allow, then why should we expect them to be consistent with their behavior? Like how dare we talk about fairness? when they are just completely subject to our whimsy, you know? How are they supposed to know that we're in the mood to have like a sweet family night with no TV when last night they got to watch TV? And so maybe if they scream and they yell, they'll get to watch something. So we realized that for our family, screens during the week equaled total turdville behavior at home. So we made the resolution that Friday through Sunday thing only. Like you could, we could watch movies like one or two on the weekends. It sucked for them for like a week. You know, or until they realize that we meant it. The trick that works for me is be firm, be honest, make a joke, change the subject. Like we try to be honest with them about why we're taking things away with like a really simple like, well, I learned it's not great for your brain development and I care, I care like so much about your development is harmful to me and I care about me and it is like this, I guess this is my burden and what do you want for dinner tonight? Like just done, quick, move on. Obviously, this doesn't have to last forever. And sometimes you bend the rules. Every once in a blue moon, be like, we're doing something crazy today. It's Wednesday and we're going to watch TV. You know, like, oh my God, that's so fun. Um, Like, bend the rules sometimes. But have rules and mostly stick to the rules. Look, I love television and I love movies, but I but I know how produced they are working in this industry. And I know that it's all, you know, market tested and how can we get kids. And a book truly is a gateway to another world that you can be part of creating. And then once you feel like they're old enough and they're mature enough to handle a bit of it, then then start peppering it back in. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm 
I'm talking like years, not months. <laughs> it's not like, we did two weeks. We can start adding it back in. I don't think that's going to work. And then, like, if screen time is just something they get and you have this time limit, then it needn't be contingent on other things. Like, I'm really wary about people who, especially reading, will say, if you read for 20 minutes, then you get to go do your video game. Because what that makes it sound is like the reading part is the punishment to get to the reward that is the screen time. Like, make reading just another activity that we do. It's just like, it is downtime. Read a book yourself. Sit next to them and read a book. Like, emphasize the positiveness of, like, when you're having fun with your family, like, isn't this so nice? I'm having a great time with you guys. I think anything that gets them to think a bit more critically about behaviors with these devices will, I'm hoping, give them a little perspective in the long run. You know, they may not realize what the problem is if they just jump in and become part of it. I want them to notice the difference and I'm, I'm willing to be an asshole to get that. You know, our daughter is going to be disappointed with her first phone. Like, we're not getting her a flip phone. We're not that mean, but we're also not going to put the internet in her hand at 12 years old just because all of her friends have it. Like, right now, the plan is to make her write a paper about the links between social media, which, like, sidebar, my kids aren't getting till 16, and the rise in teenage depression and what her thoughts are on that. So, I mean, I guess, like, closing thought is if you're feeling harsh, limiting your kid's screen time, you can always hold that story up and say, like, kid, you got it lucky because at least I'm not making you write a goddamn paper. Okay, so the fun thing is, is that my children, Maggie and Lila, were here listening. Maggie, say hi. Hi. Lila. Hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> so what are your general thoughts? Like, did you disagree with anything I said? Is there anything that you agreed with? I think that it's really good like idea to definitely make sure that you separate like reading from like something you do before reading from electronics because like if you're looking for something to like for your kid to do while you hold out on electronics like I don't know make them do something that they like are that you don't need them to like like say like if you clean your room then you can do this like they're already not going to want to clean their room if you just wait for schools to assign reading, then nobody likes to do homework. So so they're going to associate it with, like, you have to do this or else you'll get a bad grade or something and like that. And it's homework instead of, like, fun. Also, I feel like if your child doesn't really already, already doesn't really like reading and they're, yeah. like, kind of a little bit older, you should start off reading by associating it with something that they like. Like, if they really like to play baseball, you should start off by getting them a few books about baseball. That's a great idea. Yeah. I do remember going to the library, and, like, the librarians are super helpful. Like, you can just, like, tell them, like, even just what you like to do or if you've read before, like, what you like to read about, and they'll find, like, a bunch of books that you're most likely going to really like. like comedy half-hour comedy programs that involves things like action and jokes you can watch medical police on netflix starring myself and rob hubel and it is a spin-off of children's hospital that we did for seven years and it is a raucous good time 
Good Kids is a production of Lemonada Media. It's produced and edited by Andrew Steven. Our executive producer is Stephanie Whittles-Wax, and our music is by Dan Malad. Ad sales and distribution are by Westwood One. You can find out more about Lemonada online at Lemonada Media. If you liked what you heard, share, rate, review, say great things about us. Hey, friends, it's Megan Trainer And her big bro, Ryan Trainer And her husband, Daryl Sabara. Each week on our podcast, Working On It, we share behind-the-scenes stories and bring you into our hilarious and heartfelt conversations, and sometimes with amazing guests. We tackle everything from navigating Hollywood to mental health to Megan becoming a mother, Daryl becoming a father, and so much more. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of our lives and leave no detail behind. Prepare to laugh, cry, and hopefully learn something new. Listen to new episodes out every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts.